Satanic Gregorian chanting intensifies. (laughs) (laughs) Ave Satan. Ave Satani. I don't know. The only thing I know is that um, the devil has possessed my sinuses this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Everything about this movie is cursed. Oh, my God. My brain feels weird. Your sinuses are clogged. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've got uh, those fall allergies, man. Fuck them. I woke up, my eyes were just already watering. It was like I cried all night. Feeling great. Feeling great. Can't wait. Fresh as a daisy. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe? Remember that time we watched The Omen? You mean the terrifying child movie of 1976, The Omen? No, I mean the 2006 one with Liev Shriver and Julia Stiles. Duh. Duh, duh. My bad, my bad, my bad. Just kidding. We're covering the good one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the 1976 original The Omen, which turned into a couple. It had like a couple sequels. Yeah, there's four in total. Which I. Three sequels, one original, yeah. Yeah, which I'll have to admit I have not seen. Um, They're not amazing. Well, I kind of figured like once you have that suspense mystery, they solve the thing that we all already know as an audience member when you start the movie. Yeah. Where can you even go from there? It's just boring. It's like... He says as he yawns. Literally, yeah. (laughs) Like Gregory Peck's brother becomes the lead and he's still trying... It's like just trying to stop Damien from doing Damien shit. Got it. Okay, yeah, that sounds like a hamster in a wheel or something. Yeah. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Exactly. It's only okay when I say it. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, mean Girls references. We always tend to sneak them in here. Um, mean Girls, Heathers. We just, we love really pretty mean girls. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, I want a shawbreaker again. On that note, I'm Nicole. I'm Topher. And we're the Horror Babes, here to bring horror right to you. Uh-huh. So we're going to go with our normal format. You guys have probably been here for a while, so you know exactly what that is. But for the newbies, we're going to do who made this thing. We're going to, you know, shout out everyone on the cast and crew and the team. And then we're going to do a little rundown of the plot. um, And then we're going to do a further analysis of the film itself. And we'll talk a lot about behind the scenes stuff here today because there's just so much. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about a lot of that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, why don't you uh, take us away? Okay. So, 1976, The Omen. We have David Seltzer as the writer, uh, the very famous Richard Donner as the director. Mm-hmm. Directed, I just remembered that he directed one of the most famous Twilight Zone episodes ever, uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Mm-hmm. The one with the creature on the wing and uh, uh, what's his face, hamming it up, hardcore. I'll have to rewatch that one. I feel like I've seen it, but I'll have to rewatch it. I don't remember. You should watch the John Lithgow one. It's great. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll watch anything with John Lithgow. Of course. He's just incredible. 
Hilarious. One of my favorites. Gregory Peck. Famous, famous actor Atticus Gregory Peck. Atticus Finch. Yeah, Atticus Finch here playing Robert Thorne. Yeah. He's so hot. His eyebrows are hot. I have a theory that without his eyebrows, he wouldn't be as hot. Interesting. We'll have to fi- we'll have to dig him up, shave him, and fi- figure that out. No. We have Photoshop. <laughs> that sounds more boring. I like exhuming bodies. Well, that sounds like a you problem. It frequently is, and a legal issue, too. <laughs> Lee Rimmick as Catherine Thorne, his wife, and mother to Damien. David Warner as Keith Jennings, the uh, photographer. Mm-hmm. Billy Whitelaw as Miss Baylock, the like nurse ratchet of this film. Yeah. A young Harvey Stevens as Damien. Patrick Troughton as uh, Father Brennan. Martin Benson as Father Spoleto. That's basically the core cast here. Yeah. There's a few other people here and there, but that's that's the ones to focus on. I found out that I confuse creepy child movies. I, I confuse this one with The Sixth Sense, even though they were literally set and made in different decades. It's literally just <laughs> the creepy like 30 child years apart. thing. I know. It's literally just the creepy child thing. Huh. I, it's stupid. But Do you just really not like Haley Joel Osment? He's fine. Right. I, I think you don't like him because you don't like blonde children. I hate blonde children. Funny story, guys. I was a blonde child, so he hates me. No, I hate you as a child. <laughs> well, luckily you weren't around. Is that it for uh, who made this thing? That's, that's it on the cast. Yeah, out? we do. Harvey Bernhard as the producer here. Uh, he was a big part of why this movie even worked or happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gilbert Taylor as the director of photography here. Just an amazing, amazing uh, English so, uh, DP. He worked on A New Hope, the first Star Wars movie. Yeah, I heard something about because this movie made as much money as it did, Star Wars was even able to... Yeah exist Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy yeah i feel like that information is not readily available all the time no like i feel like people don't ever want to admit that people don't i mean nobody ever wants to talk about money but i thought that was like an interesting factoid that was actually on the internet (laughs) yeah it's one of those things of like no one wants to ever talk about everybody wants to talk about films like they just happen out of nowhere like it's just like an idea but it's a fucking business like people put money in and they want money back out well, art and money have always struggled to exist in the, on the same plane. I do hate it. Yeah. Oh, and once again, Jerry Goldsmith as the composer of the entire film. Uh, and it won an Oscar, right? Yeah, he won. He won he's an, been nominated for like 17 Oscars or something like I that. I mean, I totally get why, because it's it's like, like I said up top, like <laughs> Gregorian or satanic Gregorian chant, basically. And it's, yeah. they literally like rewrote, they basically re. They rearranged it so that it was like, like I said, like Ave Satan, basically. Yeah, it's interesting. If you if you go and read the lyrics, I won't I won't right now because it's it's too time consuming. But there's a lot. Uh, there there are uh, translations of the lyrics online. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've gone and read them a few times. It's really it's it's really cool. I mean, I totally see why that won an award. Yeah. I just I wanted to shout Jerry Goldsmith out again because uh, we mentioned him on the Alien episode. Yeah, but dude is a fucking legend. Legend. He wrote a lot of the score for the Twilight Zone. He did uh, Planet of the Apes, fil- the that franchise, and he composed it in a wearing an ape mask. <laughs> He's just a goofy dude. I love that. He's like this known old Hollywood guy who like always had a his trait. One of his trademarks was having this little tiny ponytail. Oh, God. It's so funny. A little baby ponytail. But yeah, he composed just like every major 
story film you've ever seen, he's done it. Like he did the music for Star Trek. It it's just his shit stuff. His shit's so good. Yeah, and I said Richard Donner up top, but yeah, director of the only good Superman film. Yeah, uh, all four Lethal Weapons. Um, mm. He's he, Richard Donner's a, a great director. Yeah, I'm a big fan. But yeah, that covers who made the damn thing. Sweet. I guess we will move into plot. That sounds like something we should do. Yeah. Isn't that what we usually do here? I don't know. Do you have amnesia? What's going on? What? (laughs) Okay, so I think I'm going to take over on the plot then. (laughs) Topher has amnesia or something. Look, it's the high holy days. I don't have to do fucking anything. That's true. That's true. And fucking Bruce Bader Ginsburg died yesterday on Rosh Hashanah. I know. I was thinking. I was thinking about that when you said the word "legend," because if there was one word, you know, "legend," yeah. we appreciate you. May her memory be a blessing. Exactly, and a revolution. Okay, so this movie. Now let's talk about now Christian let's theology, talk about, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we're in Rome. An American diplomat, Robert Thorne, aka Atticus Finch, aka Gregory Peck, is in a hospital. Why is he in the hospital? His wife, Catherine, is given birth. <gasps> A good reason to be at the hospital. I typically would like to be there for that. Yeah, not in the back of a cab or like a tub. Exactly. A no tub. shame on that. Yeah, people like do the, like the water birth thing. Oh, I thought you were. <laughs> I was picturing like a husband just being like, "Okay, have fun, sweetie. And I'm gonna take a bath." <laughs> I was thinking that thing where you sleep in the tub so your suit doesn't wrinkle. Oh God. Anyway. All right. So she's giving birth to a boy, and Robert is told by the doctor that the infant died and Robert decides not to tell his wife. Here's where I'm like, Robert, you have everything that happens to you come into you. This the, is the fucked top up. of this film is just like, dude, seriously, this is karma. Like this is fucked up right here. So father Spileto <laughs> urges Robert to tells Robert that he should secretly adopt an infant. Whose side are you on, doctor? Well, I know this, not the woman's side. Well, it's like a sort of like a parent trap situation, right? Where you've got a mother who just lost a child and a child who just lost a mother. So you just just put them together. That's not the parent trap, but you know what I mean. Well, that's all good and fine and sounds like an end of a fairy tale, but fucking tell your wife, Robert. That's what I'm saying. This is fucked up. So... They name him Damien, which cracks me up because it's like just, you know, switch around the like shuffle the vowels and it's like demon. Well, Um, it's funny, too, because like Robert doesn't tell her that that their original child died. That's what I'm saying. It's It's fucked up. So wild. It's fucked up. So she's raising this child. That That's what karma karma's coming to him. Anyway, so we flash forward and uh, Damien is like five now. Yeah, we're at his fifth Um, birthday. Yeah. And Robert has been appointed United States ambassador to the United Kingdom. Yes, Robert. <laughs> but these uh these stories kind of always have to have some sort of like classy, like everything's coming up roses beginning, right. you know, for, yeah. for the fall to be a lot harder. Um, so that's kind of where we're at now. So then, of course, mysterious events start happening. A large Rottweiler appears... On the property, the Thorn property. Mm-hmm. Which, why are we demonizing dogs here? Like, leave dogs out of it. We don't deserve them. <laughs> They're hellhounds. We don't deserve them. Um, so, 
Damien has a nanny. This nanny hangs herself, you know, as you do during his fifth birthday party. This is possibly the most iconic shot of the movie, right? Like, it's all for you, Damien. I would argue that, like, 90% of the deaths in this are iconic deaths. I mean, they for sure are. Yeah, so she hangs herself saying, like, it's all for you, Damien. And it's like, what? It's just my favorite shot. I think it's so cool. Mine comes later because I was just so... It's always very shocking. Anyways, so, and then this crazy lady, Mrs. Baylock, shows up unannounced and is like, I'm the nanny now. The agency sent me. (laughs) Yeah, and as an audience member, you're like, "Mm -hmm, no, that's not how that works. (laughs) I love how she's just shoving her way through the house. Like, she's just, like, not giving them a second. Oh, yeah, she's not giving them a chance to say no or fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she just keeps, like, insisting and moving through. And I love the way that it's, like, this. the blocking in the scene was really, really cool. Yeah, I need a Mucinex. <laughs> Mucinex and a margarita. <laughs> I love you today. You're awesome today. <laughs> I'm really into it. I'm not kidding. That's not sarcasm. I'm really into this. Oh, God, okay. So, then... Some crazy shit happens. Damien resists, like, fucking, like, violently. Not even, like, a typical tantrum. Which he's past the terrible twos and threes. We're past, like, those kind of tantrums. He, like, violently resists. He, um, like, hits them. Yeah, going into a church. And they start to notice... They start to notice his presence terrifies animals. No shit. Oh, that baboon scene. Oh, yeah. I'm going to talk a lot about that later for, like, the the behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm excited. it's, It's a wild story. So... Catherine's kind of like, I don't like this dude. I don't like our son. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> our son sucks. Our son sucks. Like, why is he like this? Why is he like wreaking havoc like this? And is kind of like distancing herself. Father Brennan, a Catholic priest, warns Robert um, about Damien's origins. Yeah, and he um, reminds me a lot of the cha- This is like the the George C. Scott and the Changeling sort of acting. Definitely. This movie, de- and and I was trying to figure out if it was just that it it um, was made around... This, I mean, the, yeah, four years earlier, yeah. Yeah, like I was trying to... But no, it, it actually has some very similar... Yeah. Similar thing, like like something good happens to, some, to a man and then he loses all of his family, basically. Right, yeah. Anyway, uh, he hints that he's not human, but it's really easy to just write off Father Brennan as a crazy person. Yes. Like, he's, he doesn't really even speak in like, complete sentences yeah he's kind of just raving that's what i mean is like it's it's george c scott just screaming at the uh senator on the the tarmac exactly so i think in a later scene i don't think it's we we get a lot with father brennan here yeah there's a few bits here but he eventually tells robert that Catherine is pregnant and tells him that you know damien will prevent the child's birth somehow right hence the title of the movie the omen Mm -hmm. i don't think there's because a lot of people mistake the word omen for thinking that it's like a neutral term. Because doesn't it always mean something bad? Um, I just sort of depends, I think. I think it is technically neutral, but tends to be thought of as bad. Okay, got it. Because I was always confused when people would... I've heard people correct other people when they would say it's a bad omen. They're like, that's... You're being redundant. No, but it's kind of... it. it uh, yeah, it can you, it could be considered redundant, but it's like why the title of Good Omens is a joke, right? right? Yeah, the the Pratchett okay. and Gaiman novel. It's like oh, Good Omens. Got it. Okay, cool. 
Uh, glad we cleared that up. Yeah, it's um, just like Omen is just like a portent, right? Like it's just like a, a sign of things to come, but it's typically the context is bad. Got it. Yeah. Okay, and guess what happens to Father Brennan, guys? <laughs> he finds he, he finds salvation and lives a happy life. Yeah. Just kidding. What happens to someone in a horror movie when they warn the protagonist? <laughs> he fucking dies. He um, uh, He's fatally impaled by a lightning rod thrown from a church roof during a sudden storm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. As, just, uh, yeah. Casual. Yeah. But yeah, this storm is kind of scary. And of yeah. course it lets up right when he dies. Of obviously. course. Yeah. So then kind of at the same time, in the, in the meantime, Catherine um, says to Robert, like, I'm pregnant, but I want to abort it. So kind of, we have these interstitials of this photographer um, yeah, named Keith. Keith, Keith Jennings. And it's kind of one of those things like where, I don't know, I think if this movie came out today, you'd be like, oh, okay, great. He also has a stalker. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. But the t- at the time when it was made, I think you're, you're automatically as an audience member thinking he's going to be a like helpful right he's like the gal friday we didn't really develop this like stalker thing until like what the 80s 90s sort of yeah that's when we started seeing more of that yeah so like stranger danger and all all of that so anyway uh keith after reading in the paper which is a crazy photo to put it's yeah. like literally with him in page front page fucking news and it's like it's traumatizing like full spread you know above the fold yeah, it's wild. So Keith decides to um, investigate Damien because he's kind of been collecting clues through his photographs and just yeah. being in the community, I guess. He's noticed shadows in these photographs that he's been taking of, um, he noticed it in, in a photograph of the nanny and Father Brennan that kind of hints at their bizarre deaths yeah like there's it's, a shadow above it's like a her. lightning rod yeah sort of. so the so yeah the shadow in the uh photo of father brennan was exact same angle and everything of the lightning or the lightning rod that killed him yeah and then the shadow with the nanny was like where the noose was yeah yeah so it, it kind of shows how they're gonna die in a way so uh Robert is is down in kind of like photo lab with with Keith and Keith offers to help Robert and yeah. Robert's like no it's my problem and Keith's like actually it's mine too and is like I caught myself in the mirror <laughs> mirror selfie <laughs> um, and shows us like a photo that's liter- like literally a mirror selfie and we see a similar shadow yeah so Keith you in danger, girl. <laughs> and and so he's saying, you know, to Robert, like, Damien is a threat. And Robert's like, he's, he's a child. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, he's five. What, what the fuck can he, can, what can he do? Yeah. So while Robert is gone, not in the house, um, Damien uses his, like, this is kind of a crazy scene. He's, like, riding his tricycle. He's doing donuts in his bedroom. Yeah. Just, like, going with in circles nanny. with the nanny. And then the nanny is like, ha, he's ready, and opens the door. And so the nanny opens the door, and Damien flies down the hall on the tricycle. And Catherine is, like, trying to fix a hanging planter or something. Yeah. Trying to tend to a plant that's up high. So she gets on, like, a, she gets on a chair. And so Damien runs into a leg of the chair, kind of knocking it out from under her. She loses her balance and has a terrifying fall where she catches herself on um, on the uh, banister. Right. And is kind of like, no, 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 no. And she slips and falls. And then we see blood coming out of her mouth. And 
it causes her to miscarry. Yep. She doesn't die. At first, I was like, oh, she she's dead. But then I was like, wait, it's like a 15 It's like 15 feet. Yeah. Feet. You're going to break an ankle at most. Yeah. So she's fine. Yeah. She, she miscarries. She's fine-ish, but the fetus is dead. So Robert's getting a lot of um, news attention from this. Like yeah. we, we, it, it cuts to Robert trying to get to his wife in the hospital and there, you know, there are reporters being like, how do you, like, how did this happen? Like, like, how do you feel about it? And like all this stuff. How do you feel about your wife almost dying and how do you you feel? having a miscarriage? Um, great. I'm super happy about it. Yeah. I'm going to go have a glass of champagne. Like what? <laughs> um, so then Robert's like, uh, is like, oh my, oh my fucking God. Like we're, we're under a time constraint. Keith, we got to go investigate. Damien's birth parents. He just parents. leaves his ailing wife in the hospital. Well, he's like, he's like, Damien's going to kill her next. Like, where the fuck did this little bitch come from? <laughs> we got to go find out. So they go to Rome and they learn that a fire has destroyed or destroyed all of the records. Yeah. On that fateful day that everything keeps coming back to. Killed most of the staff, started started in the basement with all of the maternity records and then shot up the third floor, which is like the maternity ward, yeah. pretty much. They finally um, traced down Father Spileto to a monastery in Subiaco, where they find him mute. Um, he's blind in one eye and partly paralyzed, so he's doing he well. He looks like shit in this, too. Like, it <laughs> looks like um, uh, Grayscale from Game of Thrones. Yeah. It, like It's very Quasimodo meets that vibes. Totally. He looks like he looks like someone has literally thrown some crazy chemical All on the side. All over himself, yeah. yeah. Just, like, splashed him with that, which, I mean, he, he survived a fucking fire from True. the devil. So, like, mm. I guess he's doing all right. I don't know. Perspective. <laughs> so they're like, he doesn't he doesn't speak, but he did write um, something down the other day. So they're like, can we can we go talk to him? And so they go talk to him and ask him, like, where is my child or where is, you know, the mother of this child? Mm-hmm. Um, and he writes down a name of basically an ancient cemetery. Right. Where Damien's biological mother is buried so this was a question that I had from the beginning because we we always watch movies with subtitles on and a character in it I, I don't honestly remember who it is but they get cut off and say his mother was a jack and then they're right. they're cut off so that kind of haunted me throughout the viewing of this movie and so here's where it all kind of comes together robert and keith go to the cemetery and it's a fucked up cemetery it looks crazy it looks bad um it looks even worse than the one in pet cemetery um (laughs) it looks crazy and they're just you know not minding their own business and like dig up a fucking grave like what they just like open a tomb and they see a a jackal carcass which is apparently a breed of dog it's like a it's like a a type of dog yeah it's like a wolfish sort of thing son of a jackal is that what aladdin meant when he said son of a jackal yeah there's a reference to this movie i don't know that that's true but i'm just gonna say that it is now i mean it kind of makes sense i don't know anyway finds a jackal carcass in damien's mother's grave it's like what and then they're like they're like, oh, so if that's an animal, if we open up the tomb that's supposed to be my, uh, my child's tomb or grave, mm-hmm. if we open this up and it's also an animal, then that means that my child's still alive. 
Yeah. And they open it, and it is indeed a child skeleton. With a smash skull. Yeah, so they're like, they murdered him. They murdered him. Which is really cool, because it's kind of like this um, theme of being chosen, just like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Where, like, we... Whether it was intentional to choose you or we just needed someone and it was convenient, it's like there's that there's always that theme with like satanic panic where it's like you were the chosen one, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. In a horrifying way. Yeah, no, but it's one of my favorite themes of the or like uh, uh, tropes of the genre. Yeah. So they kind of they revisit the idea that Damien's the Antichrist. They kind of, you know, they, they talk about it and. Um, then, of course, a pack of wild Rottweilers drive them out of the cemetery just as they're getting too close to <laughs> the conclusion. Again, stop demonizing dogs. We don't deserve them. Anyway, uh, Robert calls Catherine, who is, you know, still in the hospital, and she's probably like, where the fuck were you? <laughs> <laughs> He's and, just off fucking around with his buddy, and she's like, our son is trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's one of those weird things in this movie that like the logic of it only exists in a time where you had a very certain type of gender dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. So then he calls his wife, Catherine, and is like, get the fuck out of London. You got to get out of there, girl. <laughs> and she's like, oh, um, OK, I'll, I'll try to be ready when Tom. I think Tom is coming to pick her up. Yeah. When Tom gets there, gets here. But then. Guess who the fuck shows up unannounced and unwanted is Mrs. Baylock. That's her whole MO. She just always shows up unannounced and everyone's like, who are you? Why are you so creepy and why are you near me? But now she's Catherine's killer. She throws her through the window to her death. Yep. You only survive one fall. You don't get two. No. You, You barely get one. Yeah. So meanwhile, Robert and Keith... Are just they're just traveling. They're just backpacking. You know, you know. they're just here. having a little. Yeah, they're just they're they're finding themselves. Um, but they go to Israel and meet Carl, an archaeologist um, and expert on the Antichrist. Like, <laughs> good for you. How did you get that degree? And can I have it? <laughs> so, he's the one who reveals that if Damien is truly the Antichrist, he will have a birthmark. That is 666 yeah. displayed on him, which that actually was one of the working titles of the film. It was it went from uh, either the Antichrist or Antichrist to the birthmark. And oh. then it went to the omen. Interesting. So um, I think they settled on the best one of the three. I agree. Um, I think the omen is the best one that doesn't give something away. Like, yeah, I don't exactly. Know. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't just reveal the plot or a plot device yeah. in the title. Yeah. So, and uh, Robert is kind of is kind of like I've I've bathed the kid. Like he's he's only five. I've, yeah. I haven't seen anything. And then he's like, "Well, it might be under his hair." And we're like, <gasps> "Just like when you find Lyme disease, you oh, find shit. that trademark little uh, target symbol." Yeah. There's a whole episode of Scrubs where that happens. That's spooky. So Carl gives gives Robert these these daggers, which I'm like, yes, they're pretty. They're so cool. And says like, the this is what you should use to murder your son, um, <laughs> your adopted son. Just just some quick infanticide, no big deal. And then Robert is like. Absolutely not. He yeets the daggers across the room <laughs> we love into the construction site and is like, no, 
that's a repulsive thought. How could you ever assume that I would want to kill a child? I'm Gregory Peck. Yeet. And then Keith is like, what is wrong with you? And he like goes and tries to get them. <laughs> and then here's my favorite death, which is oh, crazy. So iconic. So, so iconic. So Keith tries to tries to retrieve um, the daggers from the construction site. And what's on a construction site? Trucks with beds that are usually open because you can't you can't close them because of big materials. And guess what's also loaded onto the truck? Tons of wood and mirrors and glass. Yep. So guess what? He gets motherfucking decapitated by glass. I'm so glad you didn't know this death was in here. I honestly... I, I just did not want you to have it spoiled for you, and I'm so glad you got to have the, like, oh, shit. It was awesome. I can't even imagine what it was like to see that in, like, theaters. Where yeah. you have no other distraction, other... It, you you have to focus on it, because it's, it's one of the most well-done deaths in yeah, horror that I mean, I've it's, ever seen. It's usually rated towards the top of like best kills in a horror movie. Because I was literally thinking like, oh yeah, we're gonna get like this. Because I always, one of my least favorite deaths is literally where like, oh, someone forgot to put the car, like the the brake on or whatever yeah. on a truck and it just backs into someone and just kind of squishes them. Yeah. She got squished. But like this, so when the when the truck starts backing up yeah and he's still looking for the daggers. I'm like, oh, "Really? Like this yeah. is so played out. I know that this movie was made like made a while ago and it maybe wasn't played out then, but I was just like, "Really? He's just going to get squished?" Like, <laughs> "All right." And then that shit happens. I was like, "Holy fucking hell." Yeah. It's awesome though. Absolutely. No, it's just it's so cinematic and so shocking. I was like, I mean, I've seen this movie like seven, eight times, and it still is just like every time I, I know it's coming, but I'm just like, who, who, what? No. Well, it's the head flying like a yeah. fucking soccer ball. That's wh- <laughs> that's it for me. And so Robert's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I got to go back to London. And while Damien's asleep, he starts, you know, cutting his hair, mm-hmm. which I was like, don't you need like a buzz? buzz buzz for that but i don't know he uses scissors and finds the birthmark on his scalp guys so damien is the antichrist yup. oh my god so then his you know protector mrs Baylock, this satanic bitch um <laughs> is just attacks robert um yeah and he, but he wins. He stabs her to death in also a non-traditional stabbing. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> but like, but like, it's not, it's not just like one and de- like he, I don't know. It, it ends up happening in a less like cinematic way. Yeah. It's, it's not that like tight Arr! shot too. Yeah. It's cool. Just gets her right in the neck too. Love that. Exactly. That's why I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's not like you're. It's, it's like an actual scuffle. Seeing. Yeah, it's not what we're used to seeing, which is something kind of almost like a stage scuffle where yeah. it, like there's a hint of it not feeling real. This one's really it's really good. Yeah. It's well done. But um so we know he's he he's got the daggers and he's like Damien, you're getting in the car and goes to a cathedral because he has to kill Damien on like holy grounds. Yeah. And so the police are like this dude is driving crazy. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, we got to follow him. And because police are notoriously bored. Um, <laughs> so 
Robert drags uh, Damien, who like like in the beginning of the film is like kicking and screaming, like yeah, absolutely it's the same not. sort of fit, and he's just like got him by the by his collar or whatever, and just dragging him around. Yes, and lays him on that altar, and Robert is is about to stab Damien, and is you know saying like forgive me God and God help me and all of this stuff. But then he's shot to death by the police. They say, you know, drop the dagger or, or drop the weapon or we'll shoot. And then yeah. they shoot. And um, we, you know, and then we flash to the funeral yep. of Ro- of Catherine and Robert. Yeah. Because at first you're like, they say something about, they say, they say something about these two. Like it's something plural. Yeah. So as an audience member, you're still like, oh, Dame, is this a funeral for Damien and Robert? But it's Robert and Catherine. Yeah. So Damien, who is at the funeral, we see with, I guess, two new adoptive parents. Must be. Yeah. Must be. Like, that's what we assume. We don't see them. They're just, we only see their backs holding Damien's yeah. hand. So it's clearly um, parents or adoptive parents. Damien turns around and just slowly smiles. Ugh. And that's the end of the film. Sure is. Which, so when they were filming that last scene, because, um, you know, with child actors, especially someone that young, you kind of have to use, you know, tricks to get the shots that you want. Yes. Um, so I read that the director, what he said to um, Damien was, you better not smile. You better not. You better not. You're going to get in trouble if you smile. I love it. You better not. And that's what caused him to kind of have like that like half smile and then the full smile. It's like he's doing something naughty or whatever. Yeah. It's perfect. It was perfect. So also speaking, speaking of Damien, um, the, the audition was really interesting for this. They basically told these uh, child actors to attack someone in the room. I can't remember if it was the director. It was, it was attack someone in the room and don't stop until we tell you to. Yeah. And this kid just was relentless. They said they, they, like, he just was like, Oh, okay, cool. And just attacked, attacked, attacked with so much fervor that they like told him (laughs) to stop and he didn't. And they were like, perfect. This is it. That's the child. You got the job. They dyed his hair black because he's blonde. They dyed his hair black and voila, Damien. Perfect. Satanic child. Um, the Antichrist. So that's also an interesting um, tidbit of information. Like we said up top, there's a lot of behind the scenes info on this movie just because yes. um, there was a huge, there was a lot of talk of whether the set was cursed or it was like a <laughs> yeah. coincidence because yeah. there was like... I'm trying to I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. There were a lot of plane issues like the yes. the plane that Gregory Peck was originally supposed to get on but ended up not for whatever reason ended up crashing. Mm-hmm. Because a huge part of their budget actually ended up being flying the actors and the crew over to Rome and yeah. London, you know. Um and then a couple of planes were like struck by lightning or ha- or were almost struck <laughs> by lightning like like I think the the flight the Gregory Peck ended up getting on got struck by lightning. Right. It's crazy. There's yeah, there was just a lot of weird weird stuff that happened. Yeah, and like the 
you know, to get some aerial shots of for the film, the crew had they were they were gonna like charter a plane, I guess, to to go and do that, and they switched it because of a scheduling conflict, and that original plane ended up crashing, killing everyone on it. So the, there were just so many issues with planes. That's that's mainly what happened, and like just some tragic stuff, like. Richard Donner's hotel was bombed by the IRA the day after they shot the safari park scene. Yeah. Um, The zookeeper at the safari park, speaking of, um, was killed in the lion area, which happened the day after filming the uh, scene with the baboons. The stuntman standing in for Peck was attacked by the Rottweilers. Um, and they even bit through like the protective gear because obviously you've got to, you know, during a f- scene like that, you've got to protect your actors. And yeah, I mean, they, uh, some, some people, some members of the crew got into like a car accident. Like it's crazy. Someone actually got decapitated. Yeah. Um, Liz Moore, it, who was John Richardson's assistant, who is the, uh, special effects director. Yeah. Which is creepily you know yeah it's uh, <laughs> uh super eerie um because of that decapitation scene that i talked about so if we go missing because we covered <laughs> just so this, you know yeah just so you know is it because we like it because everybody who's trashed it is still alive well didn't die in a weird way yeah exactly yeah so i don't know maybe Maybe we'll be fine. But so this movie was kind of received with mixed reviews. I mean, not really mixed. The most top critics fucking hated it. Well, the critics hated it. But what I'm saying is that audience members didn't really like. Unlike a lot of other movies, audience members didn't seem to agree with the critics or didn't let that sway them a lot of it it made quite a bit of money at the box office yeah i mean Um, it made like uh, tens of millions of dollars and i think it was a 2.8 million budget yeah they had to so it was originally a two million budget i'm pretty sure but they had they had to inflate it because of the um flight costs right for the cast and crew and yeah so this one is interesting because, yeah, critics thought that it was a very unoriginal idea and didn't just didn't really receive it well. They thought that it was, and I, and I again think that this is just telling of the time because it's a lot like it's a suspense thriller, but also definitely a horror film. But yeah, it doesn't unquestionably, yeah, it doesn't have like it doesn't have the oozing gore that The Exorcist has, but it definitely has gore with the with the murders. Yes. Um, well, it's funny. This is during the transition from what of what was considered a horror movie. Totally. So around this time, let's see. A few years earlier, you had Rosemary's Baby. You had which the Exorcist, this is heavily influenced yes, by. Yes, obviously. Yeah. yeah, it's clearly like trying to just jump on that train. Yeah. But yeah, you had Jaws, which is a more like traditional horror movie, right? Like it's a Universal monster picture, right? Yes. yes. That's what it is. And the, and to be clear, I mean Universal monster picture, as in like the Wolfman, Frankenstein. Dracula, like all of those yep. horror, like the very schlocky, cheap thrill horror that we were used to totally from the 40s, 50s and early 60s. Yeah. Now, this is the transition where you start getting like Hitchcock helped this along mm-hmm. by essentially creating the psychological thriller. And, you know, there's a lot of films in his canon that could rightly be considered horror films, especially like The Birds and Psycho. Yeah. But I would put Rear Window in that category as well. I think Rear Window's a oh, horror definitely. film. But that's for another episode. 
Um, but yeah, it was it was this transition during the period. This is the period of transition in what we can now consider horror. Yeah, because it's it completely changes after this. Mm-hmm. At least in you know these few years of of time, because it, it doesn't just happen with like one film and just everybody's like, oh, I'm gonna make that now. It's like no, you start moving towards, moving towards, moving towards, moving towards, and then suddenly you're in a completely different genre that's still the same one. It's like a ship of Theseus sort of thing. Totally. Um, but I love that this was trashed by critics, especially ones that I don't usually agree with. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, yeah. It really wasn't received well by them. And I think because it really did piggyback a lot off of Rosemary's Baby and it, I do agree that, that the ideas in this aren't super original other than the execution of them. Um, but I think that's okay because honestly, there are only what what's the number um there are really only four or five stories that just keep getting retold oh in yeah different ways yeah. i mean that's bullshit but yes <laughs> but yeah so i i that really doesn't bother me because the execution of this is so smart yeah i just think donner's a very good storyteller yeah and seltzer wrote a very good script yeah and a lot of studios passed passed on it oh yeah um, i think i think mostly all of them did but then they did a little bit of doctoring where it 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 seemed a little bit less hokey because i think they were originally going to have a lot more um visual effects in this and they they kind of pulled back on that and then got it produced i'm pretty sure yeah donner wanted it to be sort of more traditionally at the time horror film ish yes and closer to the exorcist in terms of the visual effects he thought that would be the good idea he thought that would be a good idea and seltzer had written those in yeah but yeah it was it was that they were like okay well mm, maybe we shouldn't make the social hockey maybe we should like pull this back and make it a little more serious because it was supposed to be yeah like just sort of like a a lot more like final destination than this yeah even though this is clearly like the same idea for sure. Or a similar one, at least. Yeah. And so they Donner had kind of done a bunch of really goofy stuff before this. Not like goofy, goofy, but he had done like a little more, uh, what's the word? Elevated. Sure. Kind of styles. And yeah. this was where he sort of ran, he pulled himself back and started becoming a little more serious as a director. Yeah. And I. A little I, more sober. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. And I, so this movie really succeeds from from the jump by casting Gregory Peck and Lee Remick, who are at this point, at big this stars. point, big stars and 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 very classic actors. Yeah, so, they're old Hollywood for sure. So we we automatically kind of get this swell of just like class we we have that like rosemary's baby feeling where like she's living in this dream world of like the upper west side of manhattan in this building that she's always wanted to live in right for them it's he's gotten this position that is just going to change their whole lives they move into like a fucking mansion like right so you automatically just get this like oh darling like this this just yes. like grandeur sort of and then it all goes to shit and the cool part about this is um as well and is maybe a little too um close to home right now is kind of this underlying thing of of robert being in a high position in politics and then having 
a son who is the Antichrist. Right. Thinking that, you know, obviously having having that so close to you, mm-hmm. you think that it's going to like infiltrate politics. Right. And that's that's sort of what they were going for with the ending too, because the president is, is present. Yes, yes, exactly. And so it's almost as if Damien has like, engineered this so that the president will adopt him yeah and I, I guess that's what i'm getting at when i say like the chosen one yes like this family is chosen and it's it's telling that this just happened to them it all happens to them at the same time yeah so you kind of get this idea of this was all orchestrated you know it none of this was a mistake right i mean from the from the beginning with them, like the J- Damien was born from a jackal and then they smash a child's head open. Yeah. Like that's horrifying. Yeah, exactly. But it's so interesting that, yeah, it's like they definitely killed a, a baby mm-hmm. and then lied to the father. Like it's all so orchestrated. It is. Yeah. And that is something that I think, made this movie so popular with viewers because I think that any any time that you walk out of a theater with questions unanswered or just something or just something to think about. Yeah. Um that's the reason why people go and see movies two, three, four times, you yeah. know? Um and it's that that sort of ellipsis of dread, right? Yeah. Of like what else is going to happen. Exactly. I don't think they should have made the sequels. I just don't no, see how no. that and I don't mean to, would have helped. Yeah, I'm not endorsing franchise. that. No, but. I don't think you are. But I do want to touch on the baboon scene because this is also kind of a crazy behind the scenes uh, story. So they had a trainer for they had like a monkey trainer um, in the in the back seat with two baby baboons to kind of mm-hmm. um, anger those baboons and. Um, <laughs> So Catherine's reaction is real in this. Right. Lee's reaction is real because they put her in like a stick shift, a manual drive, and she stalled the car right when she got <laughs> to to the 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 set. And so she didn't she was already freaked out and then the baboons start going insane that's wild and of course like i said to you i was like of course they chose like a kind of notoriously kind of just scary looking animal like very aggressive one and very aggressive so you know they jump all up on the car and yeah her her reactions are completely real because she didn't know what was going to happen when you know the the next direction is you like drive away right and then Um, she can't because she stalled the car stalled the car (laughs) so she truly was terrified um and i just thought that that was kind of an interesting moment poor thing yeah so i think the last the last thing that i wanted to talk about yeah is something that i always talk about and that's how how are the women treated in this movie? Yes. Terribly yes. is the answer. Yes. I mean, from the jump, like I said, he doesn't even, he doesn't allow her to have agency. He doesn't no. allow her to interact with the story. Um, Robert, the our uh, main, our, our protagonist. Yeah. He doesn't, he, he, from the jump, you, with you not even informing your wife of what the movie's about, <laughs> you know, like it's not. 
He doesn't give her a chance. Yeah. And he um, never tells her either. That's the thing. Never, he never tells her. He even never when he, confesses. It's crazy to me that that doesn't even come up. Yeah. It's it's so stupid. Like, it's one of those things of, I just, it's stunning. Sorry. It's, it, it's, it's, and like I said, it's, it's a plot line that could basically only happen with certain gender dynamics in place societally. Yeah. Like, this movie would not be made today. No. It would be like, divorce his ass. That's yeah. it. Yeah. It would it would be like, okay, bye. Like don't <laughs> it's just crazy to me from the top in this movie. Um that our our basic I mean, aside from the help, um, our only female character is just lied to from the beginning about her own child. Yeah. And is never told the truth. So therefore cannot interact with the storyline in any any meaningful in any way, way. Yeah. yeah in in any meaningful way like she's kind of just there she's a prop yeah because we we see her you know kind of say she says to him like you need to help me you need to help me find a doctor i need to go to a psychiatrist because this is driving me you know insane oh yeah and i forgot about this plot line so she she says what she wants, but she's still leaning on him to find someone for her, and then it kind of never happens. I mean, no, he talks to the psychi. She talks to the psychiatrist, and then he talks to the psychiatrist. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that little scene because it's kind of, I don't know. It, it's it's absurd, and it, it, the thing is, is it's just a reflection of the time. Like that is yeah. what happened. Like if you, if your wife wanted to go see a shrink. You got to talk to the shrink about her problems afterwards, so it was yeah. not confidential. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what's so disgusting to me about that practice. Totally, totally. It's, ugh. It's like so. What's what's really wrong with my wife? Ew. Anyway. Yeah. So this this movie is tough because because of that, but I do get it that it is kind of sign of the times, and I don't know. I I. I have to default to comparing it to Rosemary's Baby because it compares itself to Rosemary's Baby. It does. It, 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 it asks for the it asks for it. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I I can I feel like I I say that I say that word. It's like take a shot every time Nicole mentions Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> but Rosemary's Baby is more successful in its um, treatment of women because the horror of it is the loss of agency. Right. It's 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 commenting on it, and this is just like letting it happen. Yeah, I mean, what? Mrs. Baylock is the only one that has anything close to agency in this and she's still being controlled by a child. Yes. So it's like Well, uh, and the message there is that she's a she's a devil worshipper. Yeah, she's a servant. Yeah. In all senses of the word. Yeah. And so I just don't find her actions to be her own. Like yeah. I you could argue that she has agency, but I I think it's a it's missing the point to say that she does. Exactly. Because yes, she does put herself in these spaces and she asserts herself. Yeah. She's a, she's aggressive. Yeah. But the, like you were saying, the whole drive behind that aggression is to be of servants to Damien. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I struggle with that a little bit with this one, but you know, yeah, I mean it's it's a very well made film. I like it a lot for sure. But there are definitely some seams to pick at there. Yeah, um, and we shouldn't be uncritical of things that we enjoy. Totally agreed. 
I mean, obviously, the diversity in this is non-existent as non-existent. well. Yeah, yeah, there's literally not a single person of color in the film. No. <laughs> yeah, there's They not- go to Israel, and there's no... It's just white people. <laughs> yeah, I... What? Like, I understand it's that they're crazy. in these, like, high society places for a lot of it. But still. Yeah. They're also in London, which is a actually a pretty diverse yeah, that's sort city. of what I mean. Is she, they're kind of in the country, right? Yeah. They're not truly really properly in the city. They're like true. in the they country only outside. They're like it. in Kent or something like that. Yeah, that's true. So it's like it, it's it's the way it the where it is set stops it from. Well, okay, I'm not going to make that excuse. Here's the thing: people think that because because you, mm, <clears throat> I'm not going to make that excuse. Here's the thing: in fiction. You can do whatever the fuck you want. And I yeah. need everyone to fucking hear that because all every single time people are like, well, it's not historically accurate. Oh, it doesn't represent. I'm like, it's also a fucking fake story. I was about to say, it's also a story about a child who is the Antichrist. And like, yeah. you're going to suspend your disbelief for that, but you're not going to suspend your disbelief for like making it more inclusive. What the yeah. fuck? Literally four <laughs> years later, we get Alien, which we just talked about. And it's just like, I, I hear this all the fucking time. People are like people who are pissed that there were black people in Game of Thrones. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. And there's no reason for any of the Westeros characters not to be either. It's these old, it's stupid, all, racist fantasy dynamics. It's fantasy. But yeah. It can literally be anything. There's fucking can, dragons. There can also be black people. And so it's, you know, it goes the same for like queerness and stuff like that. But uh, more importantly. Wow. It's just. It, it's clear that like when you don't have diversity behind the scenes, you don't get diversity in front of them either. Exactly. And it's it's frustrating as hell. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's stuff that we should not fail to critique. And I don't care if you're like, oh, well, it was the 70s and no one was going to do that anyway. Literally four years alien. Four years later, alien comes out. Yeah. So that's, six years later, the thing comes out. Like there's, there is no. Oh, there, no. Three years later. Not even four. Three years later. Yeah. There is no excuse. Yeah. I'm, I'm not taking any sort of excuse. Yeah. I am going to say that that was wrong of them and that's that yeah we can't go back in time but we can say it's wrong yeah and if, if you want to keep all of the gravitas of like a gregory of gregory peck sydney poitier is right there Ooh, yeah same thing yeah like same, the, the same character role for sure he played all those very like, like in terms of like gravitas and like how you carry yourself as an actor poitier is just as good if not better than peck yeah so and that's that's what I mean to say. Is it like this is a very well made film? I really enjoy this. But if we're gonna pull, if we're gonna pick it, seems like that. I'm definitely gonna that's pick one on to that pick one. At. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I absolutely agree, and I, I think we're moving in a direction where horror is going to become more in- inclusive. It already has, um, but I hope that these um, up and coming horror directors who are inspired by movies like this are striving to make them better and by better i mean more inclusive yeah um of of all types uh sexuality um race gender like yeah it 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 knows no bounds like you can again fiction you can literally do whatever the fuck you want made the fuck up so (laughs) yeah again if we're gonna suspend our disbelief for um Four fucking monsters then i yeah. think we can suspend our, like who the fuck cares 
It's crazy. Um, um, actually, speaking of some black horror, yeah, the score for us was inspired by this. Hell yeah. Um, particularly uh, Ave Satani. Yeah. Because you can hear it in the if you play it in your head right now. Like, like it, it was a uh, when they uh, did that arrangement of a uh, five on it. It was inspired by Jerry Goldsmith. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, I need to. I want to watch Us again. That just it's, inspired yeah, me. It's, I, it's such a good movie. That I might be my movie this it. weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to go watch it again. All right, dope. Yay. Okay. Anything else? No, that's it. That, okay. Yeah, that's cool. everything I got. Cool. So. Um, you guys have been listening uh, for the past couple weeks, and we have a dope theme song now. We absolutely love it. Um, it's so good. Thank it was, you so much, Seth. Yes, Seth Haken at Chef Seth. We're going to tag him um, for the next couple weeks, of course, so you guys can go follow this musical genius. Um, thank you so much, Seth. We absolutely love our theme song. Love you. Love you. Can't wait to see you later today and go make some delicious dinner. Yum. So yeah, uh, you guys know where to find us at this point. We're at Horror Babes Podcast on Instagram, at Horror Babes Pod on Twitter, and HorrorBabesPod.com. Till next time. Bye, Bye babes. babes.